You're listening to the Two Bucks Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. Little by little, I was getting the sense of my time isn't my time. Just kept feeling this pull to the outdoors and wanting to do something in the outdoor space. Welcome back to another Two Bucks Podcast episode, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brian Krebs, and today I have James Zanstra from The Fair Chase on the call. And once again, we got into like some really cool conversation right off the bat, so I had to put a pin in it so we could fire up the podcast and do the recording of it. But we were just talking about like the, the fact of like when you go on vacation as a podcaster, you have to do a lot of planning ahead of time. And so we were talking, I have four recordings tonight and today, even though we only put out one episode a week, and that's because I have an elk hunt coming up in September that I'm, you know, going on a 10-day elk hunt really messes up about four weeks worth of podcast schedule. I don't know. That's what it seems like to me. How do you do that, James, when you got like a hunt or you're going to be out of the office or away from home for like an extended period of time? What does that look like for your guys' schedule? Yeah, you know, I actually... I really should get working on that because I'm about to leave leave for like like 16, 17 days for a moose hunt, and I uh, I got to get ahead because I'm definitely not at this point. But yeah, usually, usually actually uh, when we go into October and stuff, I'll try to get at least a month ahead of time uh, just so we can go hunting all the time and not have to worry about recording and stuff and just do social media and things like that. How many how many episodes do you guys produce and air? per week or per month like what's your guys's cadence because we do i do two shows and both are once a week and unfortunately both are tuesday morning so i i got i gotta double up on that tuesday we'll do about one a week yeah Uh, we'll record at some time uh and uh you know try to um have kind of a series or something that we're working on and so yeah recorded a a little bit ahead of time, roll it out every week, um, different days, just depending on, on what we're doing or what we're up to. So, yeah. Yeah. So for a 17, that's where, it, so I've never done a 17 day hunt, which by the way, that sounds like an awesome hunt coming up. Cool. 17 days chasing moose. And is it Canada or Alaska? Uh, British Columbia. British so Columbia, Canada. Canada. Yeah. Awesome. My father-in-law is going to Ontario end of September, early October on like a 10 day moose hunt. Rifle. Right in the I don't rut know there. what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Rifle. Yeah. 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 Right in the rut. But for me, when I do like a, we typically do like a seven day elk hunt with like at least a day of travel on both ends. So we're usually doing like a Thursday through the following Sunday. Right. And so when I try to do a podcast and now, you know, I've only done one hunting season and that was when I was doing, producing this show, two bucks mm-hmm. and it's all outdoor entrepreneurs. So it was, it was like, okay, yeah, I'm busy, but you know, outdoor entrepreneurs are kind of, you know, a lot of times fall doesn't change much for them in their schedule because they're always working. But now I'm producing the two bucks show and the Western rookie show for the sportsman's empire podcast network. And what I've found out this year is that that is not the true when you're trying to talk to all these Western hunters, because the season started last week for antelope and they're like, yeah, I'm out for like the next six weeks so we can do it in November. And I'm like, well, that's great. But I need like all these episodes to carry me through my elk hunt because the week before I'm busy packing, I miss basically two weeks during. And then the week after I'm like recovering, I'm coming back into my routine, getting back home, catching up on projects, unpacking. And then, and then what makes it like compoundedly worse is that that entire two or three week stretch, you're not booking any guests. 
Right. You're not like setting up calls. So I really found out I need like at least four weeks. I, I'm, my goal this year is eight weeks. I'm trying to get eight mm-hmm. weeks covered. So that way I have like a lot of time to come back in and, and ramp back up. So I don't have to do these. Like I have four this, I have four today, but I also have, if I count, I think I have six, five, six, seven, eight, nine podcasts this week. Yeah. That'll keep you busy. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of messing around for sure, but you got to get ready. I mean, heading into the fall, it's even just getting, like you said, getting guests on and stuff. It's, it's tricky. So yeah, yeah. getting ahead of it's a, probably a good call. How many of your episodes do you have a guest versus like a co-host or solo? Like, what's the breakdown? Are you always bringing a guest on? Um, for a while, it was Jared and I uh, doing most of the podcast together. Lately, it's been me. Um, and most of the time, we'll bring a guest on. If it's not a guest, I'll bring Jared and, and Joe, who's kind of our new, although we haven't uh, announced it yet, our new kind of member of our team here. Um, so yeah, most of the time it's me and somebody. Yeah. I've done, I don't know, we're in the fifties. We've been doing the two buck show for a year now and I've done one episode by myself and it was like the, the one year anniversary. So I did like a kind of like a special of like, here's what I've learned doing a year of podcasting mm-hmm. and kind of talk through all that for anyone that wants to start a podcast. And mm-hmm. so that's really the only one I've done solo so far. I like the idea of it because then I can, it's it, obviously it's great conversation when you get multiple people, but then you, you don't really know what direction the conversation is going to go. So if you're like, I really want to talk about this, but maybe I bring James on and you obviously have your own view of life. And so all of a sudden the conversation goes that direction, which is still a great conversation, but there might be a topic where if I do a solo episode, I can really dive into a single topic. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's kind of strange uh, how that goes. I, I usually kind of prefer it because it's like, when there's somebody else on and the, the conversation kind of goes in a new direction, it's like, oh, I wonder where this will go. And then you kind of just go through it together and it's it's usually a good time. So, yeah, but it's I feel like it's a lot of pressure when you're you're alone, because if you get boring, you know, or if you have a terrible guest when you're alone, uh, you know, then the, the podcast is like, you know, who knows what, what it'll end up being like. Yeah, I've been fortunate. I haven't had any terrible guests yet. I have had guests that didn't like apparently didn't like to speak as much as other guests they were a little bit more quiet very short um, responses which is fun to have like other podcasters on the guest because then you you really feel more comfortable like you both can probably bring near a hundred percent of the conversation to the table and so now both of you are feeling like you're just at 50 percent just cruising along nice comfortable pace conversation just flows so much better versus someone that may be like really introverted and they don't really like speaking and so then you have to really come to the table with like 80% of that energy in that, that conversation. Have you lost anybody yet? Have you uh, lost an episode? You haven't lost an episode yet or anything like that? I have I've not lost, lost, an, lost episode. an episode nope. before. Yeah. I have not lost an episode yet. That's air quotes for the people that are listening because sometimes uh, you'll have – we try to get random – we try to get guests on our podcast that maybe people haven't heard of or you know aren't your typical kind of – like there's a lot – there's a group of guys and gals that are – on every podcast like that's just kind of like they're they're a podcast guest which is fine they have good things to talk about but we'll try to get folks outside of of that kind of group and uh sometimes it's awesome and you have great stories and it conversation goes great and you it's different and and new and exciting and sometimes it's just like 
I mean, we've had, we lost, uh, we lost again, air quotes with uh, uh, the, the audio for a guy who was just eating chips the whole time, or, you know, he's like talking to somebody else for part of it. And it was just like, it was just a disaster. So I remember thinking like, oops, delete, you know, it's gone. I can't find it. Uh, you hate to do it, but like, it's sometimes it's just like not usable. You know, you, you really can't do anything with it. Yeah. I haven't had that yet. I think the nature of this podcast helps in a small way filter against that because I'm usually talking to someone about their passion project, whether it's their full-time job as an outdoor entrepreneur or they just do it on the side and they just love it. But it's usually really close to their heart. So they usually talk, they're pretty excited to talk about it and share their story versus like I, on the other hand, the, with the Western rookie or even, um, my buddy that got me into podcasting, Dan Matthews, his podcast is a little bit what you're describing. He loves to interview just the average guy, the average woman, the average outdoorsman, but then he'll get some people on where they just are. It's just a disaster. It's like, well, when, you know, how'd you get into hunting? And they're like, my dad. And he's like, sweet. Like, what was that like? He's like, I'm deer hunting. And you're just, like, it just like, man, I can't do anything with this. Like, and I just think that helps a little bit filter away from it because i'm talking about like the most exciting thing usually about their journey or their career or their life is in the in terms of a career is whatever yep. business they're working on so i don't know i i would hate to say we lost it because then i feel like they'd be like well we'll just do it again and you're like oh boy <laughs> yeah it's it's not it's not comfortable but yeah it definitely does happen uh yeah so do you have um do you have like a vetting? Like, how do you find guests when you're looking for more of like an average representation of an of a person in the outdoors that just likes to loves to hunt and fish? Like, do you just usually find them off Instagram or like how do you come across like your guests and what do you do to like say yeah let's reach out to this person? Yeah, I'll, I'll follow them for a while. Um, a lot of times on social media and just see what they're what they're up to, um, what they talk about, what they're excited about, um, you know, what their thing is. Some people are. I don't know, like, I'm a, you know, mobile deer hunter, or I'm, you know, this guy lives off the grid for most of the year or whatever. And so just kind of follow him for usually a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two, just to kind of get a sense of who they are. And uh, like, if finally, if it's like, oh man, that'll fit in what we're trying to do right now, uh, like I'll send him a message and then we'll go from there. Sometimes I'll meet him in person uh, and we'll, we'll go that route too. But often it's just, just social media stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much how I do it. I don't even follow them for a couple of weeks. Usually I just look back a couple of weeks or a month at their story. And I mean, see, I'm not really opposed. Like I don't really have rules, I would say, of what I'm looking for in a guest. I just kind of have like a feel, like a gut feel of like, is this, am I, is there something here I'm really interested in? And if there's not, then it's, it's kind of, that's kind of how I vet. It's just, does, do I have a feeling? or something is there something that's drawing me to ha want to have a conversation with this person which is like what i reached out to you guys it's like i had a feeling that you guys had like a good humor like you, you post jokes and memes and all kinds of fun stuff and i was just like i would love to talk to this person like this is a person i would love to talk to in real life so let's get them on the podcast yeah you know i was real uh anti-memes for a long time or is that what you call it when it's a video is that a meme i don't know it's like a gif but with words so it's a, i don't know yeah. yeah i was always like no that's you know we're not that seems stupid like i'm not doing that and we i pushed against it for a long time and finally 
one of the other guys that part of our team was like, no, let's just try it. And of course, like they do it and it, it was hilarious. And like, people seemed to like, and I was like, dang it. So now we're, we're doing more. Um, and they're always funny. I, I think it's mostly just cause I can never think of stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're so, hard yeah. to think about, but they are good growth tools because the memes are things that like buddies will send to each other. Like when you make a yeah. meme, that's when you're going to get an adult to send something to one of their buddies, like kids, I think like my nephews send stuff to each other all the time. And so it's like, they'll send anything. But like, if you're just posting like a nice picture of a food plot or a nice picture of a setup or it's like, it's not like a 30 year old male is going to be like, Oh, send this to all my buddies. Cause they'll think it's really cool. It's like, it's it's a picture of a food plot, but with a meme, they're like, ha, this is so you like, you're the guy that drops a snack out of his tree every single day. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. I know it's like, that's the kind of stuff that that goes well we've we found too like a little controversy is always highly shared like i had a a post where i'm sitting there and like i had a buck coming in and i am getting ready and it's like i had a a, um like a gopro 360 so you pop it up you push record you can kind of spin it around when you're done because it records everything and like the buck's coming in and i i get set and i had been messing with my release shortening it um so i have I have a tough time with target panic. And so I wanted to get it nice and behind my, just behind my nut, like the knuckle on my finger. And of course it was too short and I went, thunk, you know, and it, the arrow just, it wasn't, I literally touched the trigger and I wouldn't even pull it back. So the arrow just falls down the tree, which was, you know, people like that enough. But what was weird is when I posted it, I did like a, uh, it's like enhance or whatever. And it made my sweatshirt. It was like a wool sweatshirt I was wearing. That was gray. It made it look have look a little bit blue and so people came out of the woodwork uh and just like you can't blue you can't wear blue when you're hunting like what are you an idiot you know and so like finally you know it it just kept growing and growing we, we posted it on tiktok we're not real active there but that's where it really people were like you are a, the hugest stupidest idiot like you can't blur blue what are you thinking and so we, it just kind of rolled and it's like our best marketing department are, are the haters uh oh, and so like yeah it just went and, and took off but of course it was me fumbling an arrow and like what people thought was wearing blue it wasn't like me doing anything awesome or anything like that so stuff like that seems to work pretty well too yeah well it's funny because my bow is white camo and blue accessories and that I will say I'm not going to be doing that combo again because it is pretty noticeable. I've been elk hunting, and people have been like, oh, yeah, I saw where you guys were from like two miles out because your bow glares in the sun. This episode is brought to you by Steelhead Outdoors. From the moment I first saw a Steelhead Outdoors safe, I knew I was going to order one. The ability to customize the color, the configuration, and most importantly, the ability to move and assemble my safe panel by panel Make Steelhead Outdoors the clear winner when it comes to gun safes. And if you haven't ordered a Steelhead Outdoor gun safe yet, you can still benefit from their innovation and creativity because the guys over at Steelhead have designed some awesome accessories. Their case keeper allows you to hang all of your hunting caps and gun cases off the side of your safe and it keeps your hunting room looking clean and organized. Or my favorite is the bow keeper that lets me hang my bow off the side of my safe so me and my wife can walk into our safe room, hang up our bows after shooting in the backyard, and not have to worry about the hassle of putting our bows back in the case every time. Both the bow keeper and case keeper are magnetic and work with any safe, 
which means you can use them now with your current safe, and when the time comes to order your Steelhead Outdoors gun safe, you'll already have all the accessories you need. Head over to SteelheadOutdoors.com to order your bowkeeper and casekeeper today. And something I thought I was I went through a phase right after college where I thought white camel was like the coolest thing ever. I wanted to get like a white camel pickup wrap and and then my favorite color was blue. Well, it turns out like those are the really only two colors that can mess you up because white is just the hue that they're like a tone, right? The the they can see how they can see the grayscale, right? So if you have white and everything else is dark, they're going to pick up the white and then blue is like the only color they see and I don't know. I I didn't ask any deer, but people like to say that they see blue like a neon sign, right? Yeah. And so I'm going to switch yeah, it's it It's interesting how that works. I never know. Like, I know they can see it, but, like, does it – I don't know. I've worn white. I've worn blue, and I feel like I've shot deer with it. I never know, I never know how much to, to put into it. Obviously, I still will wear green and camo and, and yeah. everything else now. But uh, for a while, it's like I, – I was pushing my limits for actually a couple of years. Like, what could I wear and, like – wouldn't do anything you know and i think you can get away with a lot well then just as just when you say you need camel some hater would be like my grandpa always shot him in blue jeans mm-hmm. i was testing that I, I wanted to know and plus i was like you know i get all this extremely expensive technical gear i want to wear it outside of hunting if i'm i we, we camp and hike and do all that kind of stuff a lot so i'm like yeah man if i uh if i get some dual use out of this stuff uh that would be that'd be nice so i tried it for a while i did flannel i did all the, the all the stuff and um you know kind of returned back to the camo game but i don't know i, I think it, it can help it can definitely help um so might as well do it yeah yeah no it definitely does help so but yeah the memes i I've, I've i've got a lot of growth out of them too the haters are they definitely fuel growth because i feel the algorithm and then i think that you're not actually like getting more listens on your podcast from the haters, but you're getting more people that do like your podcast to see your, your short form content because the haters are like spooling up the algorithm. And then it starts pumping. It seems like they pump that short out or that TikTok or that reel to more people. And then you get more eyeballs. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's a pretty well-known podcast in the outdoor industry. It seems like their whole podcast strategy is we're going to talk about the most controversial topics possible and then put a bunch of shorts on TikTok, and they grow really fast. So, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, it's it's just what you want to do. Like part, half the thing about podcasts and all this stuff is like, I don't know if that's what you want to do. It it is a good way to grow. You know, it's just basically comes down to like what do you care to do. So I like the guys. I don't think that that's truly their strategy. I think they just like talking about controversy. But it's yeah. the Hunter podcast. So Jared and Jeremy, they mm. like to talk. They're out in Ohio. They like to talk about baiting and crossbows and their love of both and, and all, you know, and they're very, they, they have very strong views and opinions. And then I think you put those, you clip them just right and they put them on TikTok and then you get a whole army of people commenting this, that, or the other thing, you know? So I yeah. think it's, there's definitely a strategy to it. So, and it, it's clearly working for them. It's one of the fastest growing podcasts I've seen and I'm mm-hmm. not too much, they're not that much older than like I am, for example. I don't know. How long have you been? doing the podcast how long have you guys been producing your the fair chase podcast i think like five years yeah i don't really know exactly when we started i think 2018 19 20 22 maybe six years something like that oh wow you guys are yeah you guys are that must be getting close to like the 300 episode mark i have no idea you know i record them i never listen to them after i record them i can't do that it throws my game off you know (laughs) 
we've got we've got one guy who's um kind of in the production end of for us so he'll take what i record and he'll edit it and he'll do the whole thing and i've said from the day day one like i didn't want to do a podcast out, out the gate like i I was like, man, what is, who's going to listen to me? This is a terrible idea. So he convinced me to do it. I'm like, all right, if I do it, though, you know, especially at first when I wasn't used to it, uh, I'm like, I can't listen to it. I'm not doing that. Like, it's going to I'm going to hear something I hate. I'm going to hate my voice or what I did here. So I've made a co- firm commitment to not listen at all, which maybe is like, you know, hurting us. But it, it doesn't seem to have slowed us down at all. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I think we're in the 300s. I'll, you know, I can check. I'll tell you right now. Um, and we'll, uh, that's, uh, I don't even, I have no idea. I have no idea how many we've done. We've done a lot. We've done like, we started out bi-weekly. Um, now we're weekly. Um, so we have to be in the three hundreds. I, I think. Yeah, it depends. It probably depends on if you number your episodes in the title of the episode. We definitely don't. Yeah. And you don't. So that one, there's a lot of them. If anyone, a lot look, of them, man. If talk, we've talked about everything. So if you want to know about anything, uh, they're there. And then some of them got moved and whatever else. But yeah, we've uh, we've been doing it for a while. Yeah, plenty of content there to catch up on this fall when you're got windshield time going from state to state. But but yeah, so I've done not nearly as many as you. I think I've edited and produced eighty episodes total between the two shows. And so I'm still very much on the early side of the growing phase. And I'm still, I'd, I'm pretty happy to admit, I'm still figuring it out. I mean, for sure. I think everyone will say, well, I'm still, like Joe Rogan would say, I'm still figuring it out as he's mm-hmm. miles ahead of everyone else in the podcasting space. I, I'd be like, I think you figured it out, Joe. Um, but for me, I'm really still figuring it out when it comes to how do I grow? Like, what is a, what's sustainable growth look like for me? Like, yeah, a viral thing definitely helps or getting a guest on that just really goes above and beyond promoting it to their channel and they have big following, that helps for sure. But that's not like planned sustainable growth yet. And so like, what's that look like for me? And so I'm trying all kinds of different things. I'm looking at AI. That's been something really exciting lately is editing podcasts with AI. And it seems to be going that. We do that for um, getting transcripts and uh pulling clips and stuff like that and uh so yeah we we definitely use ai do you use the the is it opus.pro to get your short clips nope we um we'll use actually it's a combination of youtube and chat gpt to pull transcripts and pull out descriptions and figure out where we want to do clipping and stuff so yeah yeah. so i might ask you about that a little bit more so i'm using like adobe has a add-on called autopod that i use so like when when we when i come to edit this i like to have just the talker visible in frame mm-hmm. and so that will go through our entire podcast and it'll just cut the video back and forth to whoever's talking yep and that takes like 15 seconds so it used to take me an hour to cycle through control k control k control k and then cut them all and delete it. Now it's like 15 seconds. So it literally takes longer to download the file from my card. And then I upload it to YouTube. Once it's uploaded, I take the link and I put it on this website called opus.pro. You got to pay for it. And it analyzes the video, the entire video, and it picks like the 15. It gives them a virality score, but it ranks like the top 15 clips it thinks could go viral. And it does the captioning, it does the cropping, like it changes it to a vertical format for social media. And so 
I do I've been doing it. It's not perfect. I think it's better. It it's not the perfect at like knowing where the story really starts and ends. It's really good. It's a great start. And you can edit the clip later. It's like ah it you know it went into like my next question but then cut off the answer. So like I that that's just an extra fifteen seconds of garbage. So right. cut that off. But it's been the only sustainable way I can edit video by myself on two shows a week. Right. Oh yeah. That's, that's a lot of work. And that's why I mean, for us, that's why we've, we've definitely kind of um, divided uh, who does what, just because like you said, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of messing around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but it's, it seems worth it for sure. Like the shorts, like that's how you grow a podcast. Cause no one's just like, surf and spotify trying to find a new podcast to listen to like they have an idea in their head of us of a podcast topic, like, bro. Yeah. yeah or a topic like hey i want to learn how to bugle elk seeds so how to bugle elk and you're gonna hit like bigger shows than mine first yeah. or like hey i saw this clip of this guy talking and he sounded really good like i'm gonna go find his show um, yeah, and do absolutely. that so but it does seem the way to grow and so that's the one thing i wanted to ask you is is I guess maybe now I kind of have the answer, but like you've been doing the podcast for five years. Has mm-hmm. that been longer than you've been doing like the YouTube and the long format video content? Yeah, we literally have just, we're not, haven't even released our first uh, long form video yet. Uh, so um, this f- spring, we just, we, we've got a, uh, a professional video videographer uh, photographer here um, where we were at and um, brought him to do a bear hunt in Alaska to film it for vortex optics so that'll go live a couple weeks um, with them and so our plan was to do more Um, and so you know next year we're going to do three and actually now kind of a last minute this moose hunt came up and so we're going to film that too uh, for for another group. Um, so that will be kind of, that's kind of the beginning. We've actually mostly just been podcasts, um, podcasts and social media for quite a long time. We'll do some, you know, some, um, uh, YouTube shorts and stuff. We'll put all of our, our, uh, podcasts on YouTube, but you know, uh, most of our stuff has been podcast based. Okay. So that's the question. So I originally started the two bucks podcast for two reasons. One was that I had, uh, just a desire to do an outdoor industry entrepreneurship hunting podcast because hunting and entrepreneurship are like my two favorite things to talk about. So I knew I would have enough passion to like keep the momentum alive during the lows, right? And every every adventure has those lows, those downers. And I knew I could keep it going because I knew, you know, just logically, like I'm going to probably have to do this for two years before it makes sense. Yeah. And so I needed to be able to sustain that. And if I just talked about like, deer hunting the Midwest, it's probably not alone enough to keep me going because there's so much other people doing it. And I think probably doing it better than I could do. And so that was the one is just, I wanted to talk about entrepreneurship and it didn't seem like there's a lot of podcasts talking about that yet. It seems like every outdoorsman says I'd love to hunt and fish for a living, or I'd love to start a hunting business or whatever it may be. I'd love to work in the industry. So I was like, Oh, that could be really cool. But then the second one, and the very real thing is like, I have my own business my own product company and if i can build my own marketing arm then i can just you know have synergy between the two and i can help grow my product business because i have my own advertising you know mechanism and i don't have to be paying for podcast sponsorship because i tried that it worked but it was expensive and i'm like okay well now how do i take the expense out well i guess i didn't really take it out because i spent just as much to 
set up the studio and get all the soundboards and the equipment. And but time is money, my friend. Yeah, time, you got time in it too. Time is money. I don't pay you myself a when you're starting out. To, I don't pay myself a wage yet, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of why I did it. So now, is that something that you guys look at too? Is like now we have built this very sustainable podcast. We get viewership. Now we can like leverage that success and momentum to start a YouTube channel, or do you kind of view it as like two separate things? No, yeah, they're the same thing. It's all, it's all, it's all related. Everything's always related somehow. Yeah. Um, so we like to tell hunting stories. We like to listen to hunting stories. So um, you know, you do that in the podcast for a long time, and eventually. You want to tell your own, tell more different looking stories, high, high end, artistic, beautiful to look at, engaging stories. And so that's, that's where, that's where we're headed. And that's why we, <clears throat> that's why we made the jump to um, do more films. Um, so yeah, we like, we like hunting stories. We like to talk about it. We like to hear them. Uh, you learn the most, I think, from stories as opposed to just here's what to do. Uh, we, we, as people, mm-hmm don't really um that's just how we learn best through a narrative and so our goal and our kind of what we're excited about and otherwise honestly this is just for i don't do this to make money or or anything like this i I do it because i like to do it and so if i'm going to do it and i want to i love stories and i think people learn best from stories and i'm going to i'm going to do it that way so that's that's why we kind of took that turn because you know at the end of the day like honestly if you do want to teach it's the best way is through narratives yeah so then the video, what you guys are doing with the video is, I assume, more so just a, a storytelling with video rather than, like, an entertainment hunt. Like, you're looking at more of, like, the storyteller aspect of creating video than what you might see maybe 10 years ago on the Outdoor Channel where it was just kill shots and big bucks. Yeah, I don't I don't really think that's very engaging or fun. or It's not yeah. why I like to hunt. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you just go to a ranch and shoot a deer and whatever else it's kind of fun to see what people go through and experience and like i said you don't also learn anything from uh watching somebody just go climb up a stand shoot a deer celebrate and then you then go move on to the next kill so um those are kind of what i uh that's what we like yeah and so when you're doing the you said you found a professional videographer to help you do the next chapter of fair Mm -hmm. chase which is the video work and 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 creating it sounds like obviously video for your own channels but also for a brand right to maybe do a storytelling of a product or whatever they want really at the end of the day kind of if they're kind of helping put on the hunt you got to tailor to their needs but you found a Mm -hmm. professional to do the camera work so now is it like the core like your your group of team that does the podcast is the behind or like in front of the camera on these hunts or is it Mm-hmm. Are you guys still running cameras and equipment? No, I don't run cameras. I don't know how to. Okay. I uh, I have no idea how any of that works. I uh, tr- I tried. I don't have the eye. I'm not I'm not artistic in that way at all. And so yeah, we found a guy who could hang basically, who ma- made beautiful things and um, could just be in uncomfortable places, who likes what he does enough to to be in uncomfortable places for long periods of time, uh, which is not. Most people don't do that. And most guys, if you'd go try to find a video guy, even if you pay them, which we pay ours, uh, it's just, it's just not, if you don't like it, it's just going to suck. You know, if we, we were in Alaska and um, this spring, and I mean, it was early and the, the winter hung on long, longer than, than it normally does. And uh, so 
you're dealing with driving snow and rain. We were, it was boat based. And like half the time we were trying to get to this point that was just, the waves were too bad. So at one point, I think we were in 12 foot waves on this, you know, 47 foot boat. And so everybody's seasick and it was just, it was rough. Um, and so like, yeah, you could, even if you pay somebody like, it's really hard to get them to do something like that, even with money, like you have to want it. And so that was kind of our, our big challenge. We finally found a guy. We've got a few guys, I, you know, that we kind of work with, but um, this guy is, is local and he's, like I said, he can hang. So that, that was kind of a no brainer for us. Yeah. Where are you guys out of, by the way? Uh, West Michigan, the Grand Rapids area. West Michigan. Okay. I have a buddy that uh, is in Wisconsin, so I don't know how local that is for you, but he's one, he, he is a, he is a, uh, wildlife photographer i mean that's he that's what he lives for is you know filming in the mountains and you know someone that's like yeah let's bring it on let's get it let's get Mm -hmm. western with it um and so i feel like that's a like you have to i feel like not to be um overly critical of of photographers that don't hunt but i just feel like if you're gonna film a hunting show you have to be a hunter i don't know you know my guy isn't He's not. He doesn't hunt. No, he's he never gets... hunted. He he want he wants me to take him now. He was asking about it now that we took him a bunch. But I think he just likes the adventure. I, I don't know. Is he an he outdoor photographer though, or a videographer? No. He oh really? So he's no. He was uh he he mostly worked in um kind of retail for for a couple of the large companies here. Uh, that I mean it's like boots and stuff, but he's not. You know, he's. I mean, he likes the outdoors, but he was not a hunter. He's uh. I feel like that's, I feel like you found something special there because the, the way I thought about it is like, not only do you have to run your camera and know how to do that, but you also know, have to know how to be on the mountain and you also have to know how, how to, how to be really, how to, how to work with close range animals. Like, you know, you have to know when you can move and when you can't move. And like, there's a whole nuance to filming a hunt beyond the camera that if you're not in that space, I feel like, man, it's just so hard. And to know, like, what points of this experience is going to resonate with another hunter. I mean, obviously, your guy figured it out because he's creating beautiful stuff, like you said. But I feel like, man, that's challenging to know, like, is this going to resonate with another person or not when you haven't really been in those places before yourself to know, like, how you felt. When That's what I thought. I was very surprised. I was just like, we went, we did one hunt with him years ago, Um in, in actually Wisconsin, it was like we camped out and it was a week and, you know, it was the first time we'd ever really hung out with this guy and, and brought him along and uh, slept in a, a teepee with a stove and everything. And it ended up like it started out 50 degrees and by like day three, it was like five degrees and a foot of snow. And so that was our first kind of outing and he just was fine with it. So like, we're, the other guy we kind of we did we didn't there's two camera guys with us and one kind of just you know didn't work out as well and uh, the guy that we're with now is like he was in so yeah i mean everybody listening you can let me know what you think he'll you can see all his shots here soon when it when it comes out on the vortex uh channel and stuff it'll be interesting to see what everybody thinks but like i said i i think his stuff is phenomenal it's very very high end and like I said, he's uh, half the time we're in Alaska. He's trying to do stuff. I'm like, dude, we can't do that. He's like, well, I'm like, it's, you know, 30 minutes left. You want to hike two miles in through waist deep snow to just check out a spot. I'm like, we can't get back there. You know, <laughs> you don't have time for that. Like, 
you know, we have to get back to the boat or he's like, he's trying to climb up to get shots of stuff. I'm like, dude, if you fall, I have to drag your carcass out. And that means I'll probably have to quarter you out up to get you out of here. So I don't want to do that. So he, he's a go hard. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. He, he's not a hunter yet. He wants me to take him. I think we'll try to try to get him out in the deer woods this year, but I don't know what to say. It was a good find. Oh, it sounds like a phenomenal find because it's hard. I'll be, I'll admit, like, even when I'm on those hunts, 30 minutes left, hey, let's go two miles through the snow. It's like, I'd rather go back to camp and get a good start on tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was in. He want, he wanted it. So that's, that's all we really, you should hire that guy full time. He's just, he's just, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that's the kind of guy I like to hunt with. That's why, you know, the, the guys that are part of our team are like that. And so, um, that's why we yeah it's just kind of how you weed out who you, who your hunting buddy is and who your even your video guy is it's like who's who's willing to go um and so that's like i said that's what we found and yeah uh, it's it's just who you it, it could that could not be the way you hunt maybe you're you're not that kind of guy and so you got to find your own video guy or whatever that matches you better uh, but like like i said he kind of matched our style which is walk to your legs fall off and kind of go from there so yeah that sounds great and you, and that is going to be available on the Vortex like digital channels or on air. Yeah. It will be Vortex Optics, I think, on their I'm guessing their YouTube page. Okay. How so did you approach them with an idea or did they approach you with a a need when it came to like start the beginning phases of that plan? Um Yeah, we work with them, uh and they're kind of a sponsor of, <clears throat> of our podcast and stuff. Um and so we had been talking to them and had this, um, idea come up we're like, oh man, you know, it's a high opportunity hunt. Uh, it was supposed to be a high opportunity hunt. And, uh, so I just was like, Hey guys, you know, we, we are doing this film. We'd love to get you involved and, and just kind of worked with them that way. So it was a situation where you were going to go do the hunt anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Hey, we're going anyway. I'm pretty sure, or we're already going to be bringing a camera guy. Would you like to be like the showcase like, would you like to be partnered on this project versus like, they're just like, Hey, we want to send you on a hunt. Cause I feel like that yeah. doesn't happen very often where a company is just going to reach out and say, Hey, I want to send you on a hunt with a camera guy. And you're like, great, I'll do it. Yeah. It goes both ways. Um, this time it was, we were going and we were, we, we don't just do video. So we'll get them, uh, like photo content that they can use for catalogs and yeah, social media and stuff as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. I've been, I've been starting that. I've taken some photo shoots. I've been working with some companies. Um, Vortex is on my dream list. Like I have a list of brands that I use and that I would want to work with. And if I don't use a brand, I just really don't have a desire to work with them. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what your stance is on it. I think everyone changes. Like, if someone's just like, no, I'm just doing this for the money. I'll follow the money. I think a lot of people probably do that. To be fair, that's a good way to put bread on the table, but this isn't my day job either. And so if a company reaches out, for example, pick any camel company that's not Sitka. I'm just not interested because I don't want to switch. I love Sitka stuff. I'm not sick for it, man. I get it. Yeah, I drank the Kool-Aid 100% and I got refill. Um, But it's just like I like it. I really do. I I know that First Light probably has – comparable products i know that qu probably has comparable products and i would love that stuff well it's just like i picked one and i don't have a reason to leave yet and so i don't really like i don't know maybe i would be the biggest you know hypocrite if 
Steve Ranella calls me up and be like, hey, I want to sponsor your podcast and send you a bunch of First Light stuff, then maybe I would switch. I don't know. I'm a long ways from being in that position. But it's just like I don't use your stuff. Like if if a company, like smaller brands have sent me some stuff and, and I get to try it out, and it's like, dude, this actually is pretty cool. Like I'm very interested now, but it's like I can't really in good conscience like work with a brand that I've never used and then promote it as like it's the best thing ever. Like I, I feel like I have to go through that vetting process. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a lot of those requests, um, and it just it, it's varied based on what when we still like when we started. We were, you know, we were new and we didn't know any better. I didn't know anybody in the hunting industry or anything about it when we started doing this. So um, where our thing is now is like some a lot of a lot of times companies will be like, hey, you know, we got this this thing or whatever, um, and I I'm always willing to try it because. I don't know. Like if it's great, mm-hmm. like I'll try it and then we can talk about how we can work together. But um, yeah, like if I try it and I don't like it, I just, we won't, we won't promote it because I don't want to put my name behind something that I don't, wouldn't use or don't like. But no, like I said, if, if that's something I've never heard of, or it's something I, <clears throat> you know, we're not working with somebody in that industry or, or that, that, um, that product area, uh, and they send us something. I'm like, Oh, this is sick. You know, then it's like, all right, let's talk. I'll use this and I'll, I'll definitely talk about it. So, I mean, even I'm wearing this hat. I, I don't know if it's mirrored. It says Tuo, um, new camo company had never heard of them, uh, reached out and we started using their stuff and it's like amazing. Um, and so we're like, Hey, let's talk. And, you know, now we're kind of partnered together and I'll be wearing their stuff in, in uh, British Columbia. But like I said, I'm always willing to try new stuff. Cause there's there's a lot of people out there right now trying to do new, different, cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, being guys that had tried to do our own new, cool, different things in the podcast space or whatever, it's like, I'm going to hear them out. And, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of, a lot of good stuff out there. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're the kind of the same way, way where it's like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to just, if just cause you pay me, I'm not going to use something. Yeah, which is a bummer sometimes because stuff is expensive and all the hunts I want to go on cost money, but it's usually worth it in the end. Yeah, I'll be fair. I'll be honest. I thought your hat said out and it was just mirrored. Right, it it's... is mirrored. Yeah. Oh, oh. So or no, it... it doesn't say two o for you. It's for me. It says out. No, for me it says two o, but I figured it was backwards <laughs> and it was supposed to say out. Yeah. Yeah. No, no that's pretty that's, cool. That's two o. Yeah. Yeah. So that new camo brand. I grabbed the camo to show you. If I had this around, but I don't at the moment. This is my office slash where I put a pile of stuff for my next hunt. Yeah. Drives my wife crazy because actually I do have some right here, but I, like I said, I've got moose in like just over, just under two weeks. So I've, my pile is just growing right here and like eventually it'll grow big enough. You're probably Uh, starting to do that final wave of like, okay, what do, what do I need to grab? What do I need to go to the store and quick and top off like food, memories? Well, and I know I'm looking at it right now. And I, like after I get like sucked in because like, I work, this is my office, but every once in a while I'll be like, you know, clicking away, doing my job. And all of a sudden I like kind of get catch the corner of my eye. I'm like, I'm just going to monkey with my stuff for a minute and like fold it and yeah. pack it and see how it all goes together. Um, but now, yeah. And food, I got to make food yet because I can't get a bunch of food allergies. So most of the time it's like, I got to make the food that I bring, which is like an extra large lift. I got a bunch of goose meat that I've got a jerky for the trip yet that I haven't even touched. So stuff like that. So uh, just, it's a reminder that it's always in the corner of my eye. Like, Hey, you have more stuff to do. So 
Yeah. So is there an added pressure when you started doing projects, like hunting trip projects with with the partnerships of different brands? Is that Does that bring like a significant added pressure to an already, I would say, a pretty high-pressure situation doing like a once-in-a-lifetime moose on? Well, hopefully not once-in-a-lifetime. I hope you get to go yeah, back and right. do it again. But... No, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Dude, it's a lot of pressure. This one came up last minute. But even the bear film we did, it was like, um, we, you know, uh, there, well, you have to cover all the stuff that you need to do, you know, which is get everything, all the stuff that goes into preparing for a hunt. And that's like, well, now I got to get a video guy there. I've got to figure out how to fly him there. He's got a bunch of stuff. How do we do batteries? How do we do film permits? Some places require film permits. Yeah. Some don't. Some say you can do drones. Some you can't some you know and so it's just like and then you go there and it's like uh it's all on film so i have to figure i have to shoot something you don't really have to but it feels like it um and so that i you know that's a, a different pressure that's on you um you know we that won't dictate whether we shoot one or not uh which everybody if they do watch the vortex film will see we uh ended up making an interesting decision the last day that we could have shot one and decided not to uh, because it wasn't the right one. But again, it's like what made that even more complicated is there's a, a camera in your face the whole time. Yeah. So. Does Do you feel like there's any expectations from the brands to punch a tag or did they just, as long as you tell a story, as long as you capture the product, as long as you get those digital assets, like we'll give you the creative ability to do that. And, and obviously it's a hunt. Like I, I don't, at a fundamental level, I got to believe that they understand it's a hunt. Like they don't, they don't movie. have any pressure. Okay. And actually what the way our hunt turned out was almost like on brand accidentally, you know, we're like the fair chase. And so the way that the hunt turned out was like, we, uh, we opted for the very, I, I'll just say it. People watch it. It'll be great. But rough, rough week of hunting. We got a bear down early <clears throat> semi or actually midway through the hunt and I'm out and, um, sitting against the log and like watching where I had seen like five bears the day before this hillside. And, um, I'm sitting there and I hear like, a like just random weird noise. I'm like, what, is there somebody out? Like, how did somebody get out here? Like, yeah. I'm what the heck? So I look and sure enough, uh, one sound cub come at like 50, 20 yards and they kind of come right downwind to me but they had never seen a person before so the sow catches my wind and just starts coming right toward me oh boy Dang it, you know trying to try not to startle it startle it and like get triggered into just trying right. to go in protect mode because it was pretty close um so they they take off and i'm sitting there looking at this hillside and eventually like a big bear comes out but first i could only see it i'm like yeah like so it's a boar that's what we're here for it's a nice bear um but then this sow or this cub comes out too right and it's like in alaska technically you can shoot a sow if it's got a cub that's over a year old because it's viable or whatever the right. word is for it it can survive on its own yeah um and so i'm i'm like all right you know i'm watching it um watching it for a while i'm like i can shoot it it's like 100 yards 150 i watched it for hours coming in and out back and forth and stuff and i'm like man i could shoot and by this point i'm i don't even have the camera guy with me he's with jared our other guy um and i'm like man jared you know i i, I get him over to me i'm like dude i just need another 
I don't think it, I don't know if it, I don't know, you know, it's been a hard, hard week of hunting. Uh, and I'm like, do I shoot him or not? And he's there. And we're like, we go for an hour with, again, with this bear pops out again. And it, you know, in the spring bears don't move very far. Yeah. They're just, they'll, they'll, if you see them one day, they're there the next day and they'll just, I, I'm watching this bear literally with both paws, just lay on his belly, shoveling grass into its mouth. Like they're hilarious, but, um, I go back and forth, back and forth. You know, I, I have him in my crosshairs. I bet you I had him in my crosshairs for a total of 30 minutes on and off. Like oh my gosh. throughout the, like, no, I can't, I just can't, can't do it. We opted not to pull the trigger uh, with the camera guy there, but there was a moment I lost it, man. Cause it's like, you're, you see him and it's like, I'm going to move to a different location to even see him better. And like, even to get to that spot, it's all devil's club, which is just like a stick with spikes off of it. And it's knee deep, waist deep snow. So it's like, you get there, you're all full of, my hands were just full of briars and whatever else. And it's like, freaking, you know, you're mad at this point. It's like, not going to shoot the bear, kind of just mad about it and left without, left without an, a bear, which I was like, going in with how these hunts normally go it's like man it's a high percentage bear hunt yeah um but like hunts like like happens a lot this one just it just wasn't it just didn't work out it was the wrong weather it was the wrong everything couldn't even get to the spot that we were supposed to hunt when we finally got there we had to turn around because the weather was so bad those seas were so rough and it was it was a, a wild adventure but uh it was like yeah. It was just like, you didn't pull the trigger. So yeah, you feel pressure for sure. That's a long winded way to say it, but, um, definitely I'm not really that I'm not so into like, I'm not so invested in it that I just need to kill. I need yeah. people to think this about me because my identity is not found in the thing that I kill in front of the camera. It's just like, if that right. was, that'd be a pretty sad existence. And like, right. Eventually I'd probably, yeah, that would just be depressing. So that's, that's not where, none of my identity comes from, from that. So now it was easy for us, at least it wasn't easy, but it was, we were able to say pass, you know, we'll, we'll just not shoot around this film and make an excellent story anyways. Yeah. Well, you went there to tell a story. It sounds like you came out with an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was amazing. And there's, I just laugh. I was just watching it the other day <clears throat> and there's a part where I'm interviewed <clears throat> and they're out fishing on the boat. And so it's me and Jared on this film and he shows up with this stupid ear patch behind his ear i'm like that's the stupidest looking like what is that and it's, he's like oh it's for it's for seasickness i'm like i've never gotten seasick you know it's the stupidest you look so stupid with that on it's gonna be on the camera like of course like a couple days and i am sick as a dog with these just these rolling waves <laughs> oh. like five to 12 foot waves and so I get interviewed and I remember there's one there. I'm like, Oh, the guys are out fishing. I'm like, kind of like this, my, I've got, I look like I'm 20 years older. I'm just trying to speak to the camera without puking on the camera, you know? Uh, so yeah, I mean, all adventure, all fun. So at the end of the day, like that's, that's mostly what I care about as opposed to like going to kill, a, um, go to kill like a bear and on in front of a bunch of people and look like a total badass or whatever. You yeah. Know? When it comes to doing like these projects, because I think that's a, it would be a really fun part of being like a, a storyteller if you're a content creator to have the opportunity to work with a brand, especially a brand that you like to use, right? Like Vortex would be a dream brand for a lot of people to work with. Is there, is there like a, a, a like a, a, I don't want to say a benchmark or like a point, but is there like a, a, is there really, when it comes down to it, like a place that they really want you to be at before? 
you've in your experience a brand is like all right let's work with this person is it like a 10-year thing where you got to be doing this long enough and and to kind of just show that i'm going to follow through i'm going to be around i'm going to be here this isn't like a flash in the pan with my podcast that i got 20 episodes out but i'm going to you know not make it to 100 or is it like a size where they're like if we're going to invest in a person we'd kind of like them to have this certain size net network to, to mm-hmm. pay off like can you kind of talk through like you don't have to obviously share yeah. specifics on your own on your own details it's all but, those things yeah it's, it's got to be all like you got to be established you have to have stuff that is good yeah it's just you just do and, and i think i think there's a you can't just assume it's good because you did it um which is easy to do it's like i made this i tried it's yeah. got to be good it's like no it's not a participation trophy uh so make it good like make it your own thing don't try to be like what other people do or or whatever else because honestly if you do that it just will it just will look you will be able to tell um so authentic and and high quality and everything else and and two like they are i mean eyeballs is what you're kind of selling in a way um like can you help them grow or can you help them they're trying to sell binoculars for example for vortex so like that is what they're that's what their goal is. So help them do that in whatever way you can help them get in front of new people or do whatever. Um, Cause you know, you just, that's like, it's a business. They're, they're trying to make money. They're trying to, to sell a product. And you know, if you can make a good business case, I know you're kind of an entrepreneur podcast. It's the truth with any, any business. If you can make a business case for it, it's a lot, life will be a lot easier for sure. Yeah. When it comes to like, I always view, there's like three forms of entrepreneurship in the outdoor industry in my eyes. And anyone could argue on this, but I view it as products like companies like, like two or Sitka that sell product services, mm-hmm. which would be like your film guy. If he does outdoor entrepreneurship, he could, that would be a service guides, outfitters, um, go hunt. I would kind of say is like a weird spot between a product, digital product, but a service <laughs> of like helping you find hunts and then content like creators podcasts, YouTube, even like at this point, like social media could be a full-time content creator in the outdoor industry. Some people probably are making money, like full-time money doing Instagram only. Um, And so I view it the three things, but I think a lot of people are very interested in that third content piece, right? I think a lot of people would, it goes both ways. I'm sure just as many people don't want anything to do with a camera on their face while they're hunting, but I think there's a fair amount of people that would love to do that one day and just to be able to kind of, Here's someone that's been through that phase and and has built some of those milestones, if you will, of of getting through your first hundred episodes of a podcast or working with a few companies for the first time. I'm excited. We're gonna bring on a sponsor. All this, all the work is done. I just sent them this the final, hopefully, what would be the final edits of the ad reads, and we'll have a an official sponsor on like potentially this episode could be the first episode we got the sponsor good for. i'm glad i get to be part of it sounds like a milestone that's cool big milestone is a big product too i mean it's a gun safe company here in minnesota that makes like modular gun safe so you can take every panel apart i carried it into my house with two hands i didn't need help i didn't need a cart i didn't need to hire it out and then i assembled it in like less than an hour and it's the same fire insulated like full-on 600 pound gun safe when it's assembled that's and, totally cool i need one of those i uh under the bed just doesn't cut it anymore these days. So, well, you, especially if you start having kids, that will be like the I first know. place they look. I do. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Hey, if you want, I do know that the the podcast, the code is live. Two bucks will save you one hundred and fifty dollars, 
which there you go helps. It's not. Great. It's a long ways from the total bill. I'll be honest. They're they're premium, custom made, but you can pick like your own colors. You could ours, for example, has the two bucks logo on it. They they can put lo, like a logo on the front of your door of whatever. Do they have muddy want. girl camo pink? They have you know, like a thousand spirit, colors. Not, he's so. not here right now, but he, I'm pretty sure his favorite pattern my kind of my co-host um is the pink camo? Girl, pink camo yeah he's a huge fan of that i bet they their specialty is custom because they yeah, outsource to paint present right there yeah they could probably do a pink one and then maybe work on how to do a camel they someone asked if they could do a rust color and so they're like yeah and so they took the actual metal they didn't paint it rust they took the metal and washed it and let it rust for like 24 hours like they tested it out a very specific window and said this is perfect and then they dried it off, and then they seal it with a very hard yeah. seal, so it stops rusting forever. But you have like that perfect rust look. You love it. Nothing your wife likes more than a big rusty box in the house, you know. Well, I think a lot of the times it's a wife that maybe actually it's does rustic. Yeah, rustic, not rusty. Heavy chic. Yeah. Yeah, well, That's I was cool. very fortunate in this new house we bought. I have a perfect room for it. I have a gun safe room that has an access door to the outside, so I can go in, change into hunting clothes, grab my gun or my bow, walk right outside and hunt. And we got forty acres here now, so that's, life is good. Yeah, that's life sweet. is good. So I put the gun safe in that room, but, um, but yeah, no, it's the first time. And I, what I kind of was getting to was like you've done all these things obviously a couple times now, but it's kind of nice to hear it from someone that's done it before. Of like, here's what you know, here's what to look for, like. Make sure you've been around a while. Make sure you're putting out some good stuff. Like, don't be disappointed if you put out one YouTube video and, and you know, sponsors don't come knocking type of thing. Like, it. We hear that a lot. It's just like, why why is this not working? I'm yeah. Like, well, it's like a lot of things. And also, just like, just because you do it doesn't mean it's just going to, like, I don't know. It's, you, a lot of people expect things like, oh, I've done it. So please, you know, it's like, that's, that's just not it. Um, so the only thing I really expect by doing it, like I make, I put the expectation on myself to do it and to keep doing it. And what I expect to get out of that is to keep getting better. Yeah. That, that's, that's really it. what you all think, I'm looking for. Keep getting better. It's yeah. not going to be a home run right away. And if you're okay with that and you have time, I don't know, like it, for anybody starting any business, like honestly, a lot of times it just, it doesn't go as quickly as you want. Sometimes randomly it will. Uh, but like, just be okay with that. And ha like, we've been around for six years, right? We're just starting to film stuff. And yeah, like when I was in law school thinking about, Oh, I'm never going to go to Alaska to hunt. Right. Like, well, eventually you just keep doing the thing and you go along a certain path that it will happen. So I don't know if you think, if you just expect things to happen immediately and if they don't happen immediately, you just get frustrated and out. Like, I mean, with most things in life, it's just not going to work. You, very rarely do people catch fire and build like a sustainable long-term business from it. So um, just don't expect yeah. automatic success. Like it's just, even when you do, even the people that do have that, it usually isn't something that lasts. So if you just have patience and just keep trucking with what you like and learn, fail, and like you said, and, and like I, I mentioned earlier, this is not where I make money. So if things don't work for in a certain area or whatever, it's like, all right, I'll try something different. I'm not, I'm whatever, you know, I'll try whatever I'll, I, you know, I'm not tied to it. I'm not like, I'll just, I'm okay to fail. And I'm like, like I said, my identity is not tied to whether or not I shoot a giant buck or I, you know, 
knock it out of the park the first time. Like it's just not that. Yeah. Yeah. I think a, I think a good first goal for anyone in the outdoor entrepreneurship adventure is like sustainable, like make sure you can keep going. Right. Cause you're going to need time. Like if you can give something 10 years, like imagine thinking like I have 10 years to make this work, what you could accomplish. But also just like my first goal is like this whole adventure starts paying for my, some of my passions. Like I'm not really making money, but if it starts like being able to pay for fertilizer on food plots or food, like the seed for food plots, or maybe it can start, you know, getting into some really cool partnerships on stands or like, it's just helping like fuel my passion. For example, that would be a great first step way before I'm thinking about doing this full time and quitting my job and, and being a hundred percent like this is what puts money and bread on the table. I think that would be a good first step to like a first mm-hmm. goal. And it's, I think it's a, it's, I think it's a wonderful thing to dream big because those dreams are going to be probably what keeps you going in the, you know, the darkness or like through the lows is that dream at the end. Yeah. Just well, don't like, like set an unrealistic expectation that this dream is going to become true in 12 months. I don't know. And even if it is a dream, like, Ah, I, I will, this will never be my full time. One thing. Like, why would you have one job? Like this isn't, ta- I don't know. I don't do one job now. I've got several. I just, I always, ever everybody always asks like, are you going to do this full time? It's like, well, I kind of do it semi full time. And that doesn't mean I don't do other things too. So like, yeah, I don't know. That was always the advice I got growing up. Like don't ever have just one thing, one stream of income, like do a bunch of stuff. Uh, and like, I don't know if you just do one, you become one dimensional and you, you don't do great in other areas. So just, I don't know. Like, I love that, you know, everybody wants like, this is their dream job and that's great, but don't limit yourself to, it's like, there's so many, there's so much fun adventure to have in the world. If you're just looking to, for hunting to fill that void, it's just, you'll probably be disappointed. Honestly, uh, the industry is cool. Uh, the hunting industry is cool, but there's like more, there's more, I don't know. It's, it's not going to, you're not going to be fulfilled. I'll say. I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying is like, it's better to be diversified. It's better to like have multiple different ways to fill your cup, if you will. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they really think about it, like whether you put juice, water, beer, you know, whatever in your cup, it can be filled. Like there's a lot of different things you can do to, to get fulfillment in your life. Hunting is one really fast one for me, but even just like manage it, like owning this property and being able to like plant food plots and watch things grow and, and be able to just watch a deer is another great way that I get fulfilled. Also like, because I'm so interested in entrepreneurship and investments and, and, um, building passive income, like that would be something that would fulfill me. So maybe it's not so much like I'm in front of a camera or a mic full time, but like I'm, growing a business that really means a lot to me and like (laughs) a little secret I'll give to any of the listeners for free growing a business and hunting full-time are rarely the same thing (laughs) usually you can't do it I mean yeah unless your business is being in front of the camera or the mic which is very hard to be successful like typically if you're growing a business you're not in the field you're in the office exactly well exactly like it's just you everybody has like a certain idea of what that looks like but it's just that's just not it so no that's we, we feel the same way it's like in a day i do this i'll do my day job i'll teach at night for a college and we'll you know do a couple other things and it's like you know what my days are filled i'm busy and i spend a lot of time with my family 
you can't, I don't know. I just, I hear it a lot. And it's like, there's a lot of people out there like, how do you, oh, it's, you're so, uh, you're so lucky. You know, this is so cool. Like people give you free things. And first of all, I'm always like, dude, it's not free. It's just, we pay for it in a different way with our time and yeah, <laughs> the work that we do. And secondly, it's like, I don't know if I was just doing this, I would be, uh, I would be unfulfilled. I wouldn't be using all my brain in the world. And uh, yeah. Yeah. If I could do this full time, full time, if this was my primary income, I'll say that because full, like you said, I do this full time. It's just not where I make my primary income. Like I, I spend 40 hours a week or whatever on this project, but it's, you know, I have other things as well, but if this was my primary source of income, I do think I would enjoy what that allows me to do with my other free time to be creative. Like you said, like this isn't ever going to be the only thing I do, but if this is what can, you know, allow me to break free of the, the cube life and now I can start pursuing these other things that I would love to do in my life because of that, I think that's what really draws me into this whole experience is the, the dream at the end of the tunnel that it, it allows me to, to really be in control of my time. Right. Cause that's really what it means the most to me is the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been just like that. We're already racking up an hour and I know you have just like we talked about a lot of stuff going on. I got stuff going on as well here today, so I'll probably have to wrap this one up, but I do want to give you the opportunity to share with all of the listeners where they can find you in the fair chase, whether it's the podcast, YouTube, the video content, uh, give people a chance to follow along with your journey as well. Yeah, we're uh, the Fair Chase. We got a website, we got social media. If you just type Fair Chase, the Fair Chase in, well, I'll, you know what? I'll test it. The Fair Chase, Google. Oh, we're the first thing that comes up. The second thing is the epic story of hunting in America. That's not us. Um, we're the, ver- the Fair Chase. You can, like I said, you can find us in most social media outlets. Uh, we're pretty much mostly active on instagram i don't know that i've ever even looked at our facebook so if you message us there i probably won't see it maybe jared or tom will but i won't uh but yeah i appreciate you having us on yeah definitely um check out the video that we got coming out for vortex here shortly and uh, appreciate you having me on it's fun yeah and go vote for best podcast on the oh yeah do that vote yeah it closes the that's a good call 10 days of voting yet which is a long time so and you can vote every day it's like chicago early and often, you know, just keep voting. So, well, I have, so you have to, you, you put in your email, so just do it folks. And then unsubscribe to whatever they send you if you don't like it, but I have like five email accounts. So that's, oh, I yeah, mean, I get do. to vote five times per day. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't think I've, I'm, I'm thinking about inventing some emails. I'm going to start yeah. using dead, dead relatives for, uh, for, for an email account. So just, yeah, keep, Keep voting. What and what categories are you nominated for? Podcast, I know for sure. I just voted for that one. Yep, just podcast. Podcast, okay. Yeah, we're on. Actually, Carbon TV is pretty cool. We're on there. A lot of our stuff is there. Um, they do a good job. They're they're cool people. Cool. And then, um, <clears throat> what else could we get you on next year? I know that best comedic moment, OKS Hunter is on that. I believe it's when Eric was trying to wade across the river in his underwear to get his deer. Yeah. I like those guys. Eric's a cool dude. We, we talk. You're really talk. close to him too. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, go vote, go vote fair chase podcast for best podcast. I'm yeah, a long ways it. from even being competition for you. So I don't feel any pressure to we'll say get you there soon. Yeah. it doesn't take that long. You blink and five years goes by. So 
won't take long. Well, I got very lucky and was offered to take over a podcast that's pretty large. I mean, that one's five, 6,000 listeners a week. And so cool. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Sure. And it's Western hunting and teaching people and helping people out the West, which is like the same spirit of the two bucks as helping people chase their passions just yeah. with another passion of mine, which is Western hunting. So I, I really mm-hmm. like how they're like, they're kind of both like teaching vehicles and, and sh- like sharing experience and education and wisdom opportunities. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah. Yeah. That's that. awesome. But, but awesome. Yeah. Go vote. I just submitted mine. I think you're in first place now. You have to. Am I good? That's what I needed. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate you being here, James. And thanks for, thanks for sharing some of the, your adventures with the fair chase and all the things you've done over the last, However many years we decided it was, five, six years. Several. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the cool stuff you got coming up for people yeah. to, to uh, pay attention and look out for. Cool. We appreciate you letting me on. Yeah. Hang out for a while. Awesome. And thank you for listening, folks. <laughs>